0: Oh hello, it's me Samantha, this is my podcast, some people call me Sam, do what you want to do, I don't care, um, this is my podcast, I already said that, dang it, I'm not very good at this yet, it's been over a year, get it together, I've already had two cups of coffee this morning, can we talk about something real quick about coffee, Um. okay, I have been buying, I don't think I'm going to keep buying it. I've only bought two or three of them so far. I've been buying the Stoke brand, uh, iced coffee, unsweetened, black, whatever you mean, like, whatever. And, um, am I wrong that iced coffee is a scam? Like, is it just coffee that this company makes and then just like puts it in a freezer and then puts it in a container and it and then they put it in the cooler in the grocery store and then I'm a sucker and pay five dollars like am I missing something here's the other thing hold on hold on why is this coffee like what's in this coffee that because I thought coffee was like no carbs minimal calories but why does this coffee have carbs? Like, what's in it? It's supposed to be unsweetened and somehow it has... So, I just have a lot of questions and it feels like a scam. It feels like I'm getting ripped off every time that I buy it. But also, I don't know what the solution is to not. Like, I don't know what the other option is. Do I make coffee in my curing? And then, I've thought about doing this. I think this might be an option. Oh my gosh. I turned this thing down. It's still so loud. Um, do I make coffee in my Keurig and then uh, like put it in my refrigerator to be cold by the morning? I think that that would have accomplished the same outcome. As what, I, what I've what i got going on right now with giving all my money to Stoke. So I think, here's the, here's the takeaway. I think iced coffee might be for suckers. And I'm one of them. <laughs> they also sell, I mean if I wasn't a fat kid, I'd be all over this. Stoke also has like sweetened, lightly sweetened. They have a chocolate one that looks delicious. But, oh my gosh, it's like... 50 carbs or something 25 grand. It's basically like a mountain drinking a mountain dew is what you're doing right? <laughs> what you're doing. So, I guess when you think about spending 450 on what I think is around a half gallon of coffee versus spending 450 on one iced latte or whatever you want to call it from Starbucks, you're still saving money. But you could I could definitely be saving more by just making my own and putting it in the refrigerator. I don't know. I don't know. I'll get back to you. At this point in time, none of that is happening because my kitchen is tore up from the floor up. I finally unpacked everything out of all of my cabinets last night because my, my new cabinets were delivered today. And you know what? I think the guy who, uh, who's doing my kitchen sometimes listens to this, but I'm going to put him on blast. I'm putting myself on blast too because it's my own fault. I kind of made an assumption that because the cabinets were being delivered today, that like today was going to be his start day for working and on like installing them and tearing out the old ones, blah, blah, blah. And so, he told me that once he started, it would be like three days. So, in my mind, I'm like, hells yeah, Monday morning, I'm going to have a new kitchen. (laughs) Turns out, that was a poor assumption. You know what they say about assuming? Don't do it, because it makes an ass out of you and me. In this situation, just me. Because, uh, no. Today wasn't his start date. Today was just the, um... Cabinets being delivered date. And that's my fault because he never once told me he was starting to work today. I just, in my mind, like you're getting the cabinets, now you're gonna start putting them in and let's go. No. So everything's cleared out of my kitchen though. So nothing is happening. There's not gonna be any dishes being done. There's not gonna be any. I'm not washing dishes in a bathtub. I'm not doing it. I'm not any of it. Okay. We're eating out. Convenience. Microwave. We're doing all of it. We're blowing it up. Okay. It's going to be a little bit longer than I planned on obviously. Because I thought we were just looking at three days from today. But. A little a couple more days. Hopefully not more, and much more than that. So. Yeah. So I'm not making coffee and then putting it in my fridge. That's not happening for a while. But when I. If I try that. And the desired uh Outcome. Is, is what I hope it will be. I'll let you know. <coughs> Excuse me. I put a little bit of creamy. Creamy. Oh my gosh. I hate myself. I put a little bit of creamer. A little bit of sugar free creamer. And uh, some stevia. In there. So I don't think it actually matters. What kind of coffee that it is. But I could be wrong. I mean, I could, I could do this and be like, holy crap, that Stoked coffee was actually what was making this good. I doubt that that'll happen, though. Because I don't really care that much about what it tastes like. I am just trying to, um, once again, trying to drink less diet soda. My son the other day, flipping health class, man. Quit telling my kids stuff. Leave me alone. <laughs> he was like... My health teacher said that diet sauna is actually a lot worse for you than regular and you should probably just drink regular Mountain Dew. And I was like, Well tell your health teacher that as soon as regular Mountain Dew comes out with zero calories and zero sugar, oh wait it did. It's called diet. Ugh. <laughs> uh, always judging me. Always judging me. What am I what did my daughter say yesterday? And I was like, my kids are so disrespectful, and I don't even have the energy to discipline them because it's just constant, <laughs> just d- d- judging me and and disrespectful, and just having opinions about adult business. Like, why do you have an opinion about this? Why are you judging me? You know what? will not you worry about what you put in your own mouth, okay? My son is awful at that. He'll be like, I'm I'm a runner. I shouldn't be, uh, I shouldn't be eating all of this sugar. And uh, this is going to cause, this is going to give me cancer. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Why don't you eat some fruit then? No, I think I'm just going to have a bowl of Cocoa Pebbles. I'm sorry. Because three seconds ago, you were judging me for buying, uh, I don't even know what, gogo Go-Go Sweet or whatever they're called, go because you're convinced that uh processed food is gonna cause can cause you to have cancer and not gonna and it's gonna keep you from running at your optimum speed but your, but your option your solution is to have a bowl of chocolate cereal uh, okay okay wonder where you learn that from <laughs> wonder where you learn to not be disciplined or consistent from hmm Anyway, I'll let you know when I get my kitchen done, and, um, I'm excited. I'm really happy. I was just, I was telling a friend of mine this morning, and I was thinking about it last night, the kitchen cabinets and countertops in my house have been in there for at least 30 years. Now, how long were they there before that? I don't know. Um, it's a laminate, like, the countertop is like a, um, teal, like a baby blue, sky blue. (laughs) Awful. Um, Laminate and then the cabinets are like so old that some of the cabinets are metal, like a bread cabinet, you know, with the sliding top, which is cool but old. Um, and then I painted them red, I've already talked about this, so they just look even more awful. Cabinets are white, and then I'm doing a, a butcher block countertop which if I could project out it's probably going to be a disaster I I wish that it wouldn't be but if I know myself and I know my kids like I think I do there's a garage sale I really want to stop at it um it's it's probably going to be bad you know but I like the idea of it I've seen them before I like the look of it Um, My kids are just feral. You know, they're just, they're like baby wolves without any training. Like, they're just, they're wild. And so, what I fully predict is that a giant glass of Hawaiian Punch. I don't know how Butcher Block even works. This is how, like, out of the planning loop that I am. Like what happens if they spill a glass of Hawaiian punch on these cabinet, on these countertops? Is it going to soak in and leave a giant red stain? I I think so. I think I think yes. When I went to um And I was kind of shopping around to get this kitchen done. I went to this other company and he was like, yeah, you're probably going to be looking at a better deal, uh, for countertops if you went with laminate, you know, there's a lot of different color options. You can kind of, you know, get laminate that looks like granite, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I hate granite. It feels, it's so freaking pretentious to me. Like I have granite, these are granite countertops. Nobody cares, Karen gosh nobody cares about your stupid granite and your maple or oak or beach or whatever anyway that's i'm sorry karen that was judgmental i'm sure it looks really nice but yeah, i don't care like i don't i don't want granite my house is a 1900s victorian farmhouse granite does not fit with the motif at all so anyway, <clears throat> I got this budget block, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I have so far um, in my renovation projects not done a great job of choosing material. Um, for example, I uh, my kitchen also in on top of having awful cabinets and countertops, used to have carpet. I don't know how my aunt and uncle lived in my house for as many years as... I mean, no shade to them. They had three kids. They both worked full-time. Like, I get it. But they lived in that house for 20-something years and never tore up the carpet in the kitchen. It just blows my mind sometimes. But... So... um, I hated it. uh, Like, so, so much. And I had... When my um, husband and I were still married, my ex-husband... I had begged him to tear it up, begged him, begged him, begged him. And it was an ordeal because it was like old and there was glue and nastiness and foam and stuff underneath it. Um, and so one day I just started doing it and then I left it. Like I only did about a fourth of it and then I left it. And this is a, this is a pro tip, not healthy, not, not something that's (laughs) slightly manipulative, but I mean, if you need to get the job done you need your husband to get the job done. Just, you know, whatever. Do what you want to (laughs) do. Anyway, so he got sick of looking at it half, you know, a quarter of the way done. He ended up tearing out the rest of it. And then for a while, it was like wood floor with all of this nasty black uh, glue stuff all over it. And I didn't know what to do with it. It needed to be sanded. It needed to be like refinished and then I was like do I really want to have wood floors in the kitchen no and so I picked out this ceramic tile but I knew I was gonna be pretty well putting like putting it in myself so I if you know anything about ceramic tile on the floor you have to usually put down a backer board and then the tile usually lays on top of that, and then you do the grout, and you're done, whatever. Well, I found this tile that had the backer board. This is so boring. I'm sorry already, but now I'm into it. I gotta finish it. I found this tile that had the backer board already attached to it, like it had, and then the tile pieces just snap together, so they automatically created the gap, like the you know the correct size gap for the grout. Blah blah blah. So I was like, oh okay cool like this is going to be really simple and I'll just snap these pieces together and slap some grout down and we're good to go so I bought it and I got to working on it and what I because I don't know anything what I didn't take into consideration is the fact that my house is a hundred years old so it's not level and it needed anyway you're supposed to pour this stuff let it settle and so then it it gets hard and then it makes the floor level and so basically since putting it down it has cracked in random places Um, it has like you'll just be standing there and because there's nothing underneath it like it'll just pop and crack Um, so it's pretty bad like I it basically needs to be torn up and redone all over again I'm not gonna do that but That's what it needs. Like, if anybody were to move in there, that's probably one of the first things that they would do. I love the color of it. I love the way it looks. But it's just not right for, um, like, I just it just wasn't done right. And so, now it looks a mess. So, yeah, I haven't done great at choosing materials so far. um, But we'll see what happens. You know, that's kind of (laughs) my... This is my uh, approach to everything. You know what? Let me. Do, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a lot of money. Okay? And then we'll just see what happens. <laughs> I hate it. I hate that. But I am kind of at the mercy of other people and other, you know, recommendations and ideas and, you know, people telling me what they think is going to be the best idea and best thing and then it, it always ends up kind of being a mess. But, oh, well... Speaking of, uh, my son being a hypocrite, I'm just kidding, <laughs> he just, he's a kid, you know, kids want to eat sugary stuff, and here's the thing, it's not like he needs to watch what he eats, he literally has, uh, if, if he has 2% body fat, I'd be surprised, I'd be shocked, I'd be shocked if he was over 5, 5%, 5%. <laughs> yesterday he comes out of the shower and he was like... I used to only be able to do ten push-ups fast. I mean, he could probably do a hundred push-ups slowly, but he, you know, he's wanting to bang them out. He's like, I was just in there and, and did twenty, no problem. And I'm like, okay, let's see it. Yeah, he just, I mean, banged him out like a, like he's in the military. Twenty push-ups, bang. And then he was like, you know what? And I told him, I said, why don't you like try to every night, like do fifty. Do 50 sit-ups. Do 50 push-ups. Just keep doing it. I'm telling you what, push-ups and sit-ups are the best things that you can do for full-body workouts. That's coming from me. That's coming from somebody who doesn't know anything. Okay, so take <laughs> do with it what you want to do with it. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Oh, so my last episode, I let y'all know that I was going to be doing this like um, an accountability post every day on my Instagram and guess what? I did it. I've done it every day. I posted, um, I actually posted for the first time on Monday morning, even though I started because the Friday before that was 75 days to my son's 13th birthday. And so the hashtag that I'm using, if you want to follow it is hashtag 50 and 75. I know it's Crazy and I've already been told that it's not gonna be sustainable. I hear you and I I understand. but um, so my goal is to try to lose 50 pounds in 75 days in t- before my son's birthday. So I started on Friday. I probably then um, I should have posted it on Friday because I'm telling you what, at least for this first week, the accountability of knowing that I'm gonna post that every morning, has been really, really driving me, and so I should have posted it on Friday, I just, I hadn't posted the episode yet, and so I was like, oh my gosh, but if I post it on Friday, then the, I, I have like six people who listen to the podcast, and then they'll be confused, because they haven't, I don't know, I, I should just post it Friday, yeah, I definitely should have, because then on the weekend, I proceeded to eat, like I had just, uh, was about to go to the electric chair, and like i like this was the last food i was ever going to eat why i don't know the weekends are really hard for me i try not to spend a lot of money and this weekend in particular i try, i really wanted to go like wanted to not spend any money um, because i have obviously been spending a lot on the things at the house and i'm i'm trying to save up for the inevitable next project that's going to need to be done so Um, and also I, um, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't really want to go anywhere. I wanted to just stay home. So being home, I love my kids, but being home with my kids for the entire weekend, ooh wee had me eating some junk. So I ate, I binged all weekend and then promptly Monday morning got on the scale and was up four pounds. I mean, just a hog you know just a hog that's what it is for me though if I'm not eating intentionally to lose I'm gaining I can't eat like a normal person and not gain weight that's just what it is so um but since then since Monday so technically today is like you know today would be a week um and I'm I'm back down um under my starting weight from last Friday, but only by like a pound because I had to recover. I had to lose all of my binge weight for anyway. So, but the, the point of this is to say I'm doing it. Like I'm, I've been a week consistent. Well, I mean, I guess four days consistent posting, but I've been a week consistent weighing in every day. I've been this week, you know, since Monday, Um, consistent on eating like in my protocol and being consistent with that Um, I'm definitely am seeing loss I'm at the lowest weight that I've been at for um probably at least a year if not a year and a half I gained when max came I gained almost 30 pounds and just from Eating like a maniac and and just being exhausted and crazy running around, four kids, newborn baby, um, you know, wild. So, I mean, I've definitely, I've almost lost that full 30 um, and then I'll have from there, like, I don't know, another at least 40 or 50 that I want to go down. But I'm trying to meet this goal, 50 and 75, so, we'll see what happens. You can keep up with me on Instagram. podcast On Instagram, I'll be posting my stories every single morning. The What's going to be really interesting is to see how the weekend goes. Because that's when I fall apart. I don't want to. I really want to hold it together. That's always the goal. But I'm telling you what, If I come out Monday and have lost weight, that'll be it. Victorious. I already this morning felt so proud of myself because yesterday was a really super hard day. Just stress wise. I'll go. I'll maybe talk about it. I don't know. but um, And my go-to on days like that is food. Like I will eat and eat and eat until I feel like I can't eat anything else to try to make myself feel better. And I wanted to, I wanted to so, so bad, but you know what? Here's the thing. What's crazy is that what really motivated me and what kept me from eating like crazy is that I got a couple of messages from people on Instagram, people that I know, friends of mine, but just like having people say to me like, you got this, keep going, way to go. Like, I don't want to let these people down. And so, um, I mean, I don't want to let myself down. That's number one. But I also don't want to, I want to be an encouragement and I want to help motivate other people. And so I don't want to, I don't want to like eat and binge. And then people looking like, yeah, yeah. Wow. You lasted a whole four days. Good job. (laughs) You know, so I didn't do it. I did eat like or three bites of a cookie at dinner it was so sweet though I haven't had really had sweets for over it was sweet um but it was good like I could have definitely ate the whole box of cookies no problem <laughs> and I stopped at the gas station this is what I'm talking about when it comes to binging I stopped at the gas station and they have these the in the this gas station in the hood they have these um little like super crunchy pork skin strips they're so good they're so good and they're like seasoned with red pe- hot pepper oh my gosh they burn your mouth out but they are so good so crunchy crunchy to the point of like you feel like your brain's shaking that's how crunchy they are so delicious I they're zero carbs so kind of a win kind of a loss I ate the whole bag it's like five hundred calories. I couldn't stop. I ate the whole bag. Now, it it's not good. I shouldn't have ate the whole bag, but it was zero carbs. So no. But that's what I'm talking about when it comes to binge. Like I don't if you go if you know what binge eating disorder is, then you would understand. This isn't a matter of like, oh I overeat every once in a while. No, no, this is a this is like I don't have a shut off. I don't have in my brain a moment of like oh, okay, I've had enough to eat. That doesn't happen. And especially when I'm like tired or emotional or stressed, I definitely don't. I mean, I will. Yeah. So to get through yesterday, to wake up this morning, to to see loss, I was so, so thankful that I w- was able to stay strong and diligent yesterday. And yeah, so I'm proud of myself. Proud of myself. Uh, you know what? And, and people can say this is cheesy and it is. You'd be right. But I've seen this quote and it's true is that nothing tastes as good as being healthy feels. And you know what? That's 100%. Because the way I felt this morning when I got on the scale and I was down another 1.2 pounds. Like that felt 100% better than what it would have felt like if I would have ate everything in my house last night. And then woke up this morning and been up one two, 1.2 pounds. So, just a little encouragement. Stick with it if you're doing it. Stay, try to get healthy, whatever you need to do. And uh, I'm doing it too. I'm right here with you. And we can we can keep each other accountable. Okay? So, if you want to follow that hashtag, like I said, it's uh, hashtag 50 and 75. And we'll see what happens. Alright? To be clear, I'm rambling to avoid getting into my topic (laughs) because it's very heavy and I want to be it's sensitive and I want to be very very respectful and um I don't want to portray as if I have uh let me just get into it how about that okay so I didn't know this person but um On Monday evening, uh, a pastor, I believe out of California, um, committed suicide. And if you've, if you're in like the Christian community world, then you probably have come across something in which you've, you know, seen about this individual. And I don't want to, I don't even really want to like say his name or talk anyway, but, um, And so I didn't know him. I mean, he wasn't somebody that like I followed or you know knew anything about. But he was a pastor at a mega church, I believe, in California, and he was open about how he um, struggled with anxiety and depression. You know, for I am assuming his entire adult life. He actually he and his wife trying to follow these directions. He and his wife um, started an outreach ministry specifically for the purpose of, you know, reaching left Christians left. Uh, left. and providing, you know, resources to Christians the on the left. That, were, that were struggling as well with anxiety and depression. Um, and then he, you know, he took his life on Monday evening. So, um, since I, you know, have like came across that this happened, I have, you know, gone and looked at his, um, Instagram page and I've just kind of, you know, gotten some, you know, just kind of caught myself up on his life and on that ministry that he had. I've looked at his wife's Instagram page and here, here's what I'm going to say. Like, no matter what else I say after this point is that the tragedy of the situation is so vast, um, the, just the depths of pain and sadness and agony that his wife must be experiencing and their children, they had two small boys, um, I, I, I just, there's no, and that's where I want to, where I, I have a, like, I'm hesitant to even talk about this because, I don't have any idea how tragic and how deep the pain must be to have a relative, a family member, a spouse, a child take their own life and just be erased from your, you know, from your life forever. I cannot, obviously I have no personal insight into that scenario, um... But there were a couple of things that I just I, I, I was really like honestly praying, like, God, can you please just remove this idea from my head? Because I'm I don't want to I don't want to take this on, but I can't it's just there. I can't get it out of my head. And I, so when that happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it. But a couple of things, so two really main points that I wanted to talk about. Point number one is that um his wife posted a video yesterday of that she had taken of her husband. I don't know. I'm trying to work a little bit, so I might break up here, but I'll be back. Um, a video that she had taken of her husband around 7.30, I think she said, the evening, in the evening And then by 11.45, that same evening, he was gone. And in that video, he was smiling and laughing and playing with his son. And like, you know, like dads do, kind of flipping his son around and making him laugh and stuff. And he is dressed and clean. He was very, very millennial. Um, You know, dressed in clean, sharp clothes. Um... You know skinny jeans the whole deal super you know clean crisp haircut uh laughing smiling making eye contact with the camera standing up playing with the son and then from the time of that video to not even four hours later he decided to end his life um so i'm i'm saying that and i And I don't know that she realized when she posted that, that, I mean, who knows what her, I think her intent, you know, her description of the post was that, you know, she was obviously missing him and sad and devastated. And so watching that video over and over and over. But for me, when I saw that, I thought, you know, what a wake up call, what a wake up call to look at this video of this man who, you know, when you think of maybe you think of someone being... Depressed and 100% suicidal, you think of someone, you know, in their bed or, you know, haven't showered for a week or disheveled or haven't brushed their hair or haven't brushed their teeth. You think of someone with poor hygiene or someone who's not eating or is eating too much. Um, someone who doesn't leave their house and is just isolated themselves you think about somebody who is sad and crying and uh, you don't think about somebody who's outside at a baseball field with their son playing and laughing and dressed nicely with their family and so I think it's and, and on top of that I think un- what's unfortunate is that in the Christian community, we don't think about how the reality of the fact that there are Christians who really, really struggle with cl- clinical depression and, and have these thoughts. No matter how much you know about God and believe about God, that that there are these people in that we rub shoulders with you know how many people at that ball field did he interact with and then I wonder how many of those people if you pulled them aside would say that they're shocked after interacting with him that night to know that very few short hours later he took his life look people are going through stuff Okay? People are struggling. People... Not everybody. Some people are great. But people that you rub shoulders with day in and day out are going through stuff. And is it the right time at a ball field to (laughs) pull an acquaintance aside and and dig in and ask them how they're doing and how they're really doing? Maybe not. But if you have people that you're connected with and, and that you do interact with... Keep up with them. Interact with them. Check and see how they're doing. Even if they're smiling. Even if they're put together. Even if they're laughing and playing with their kids. I'm telling you. Some of the most difficult times that I have had. Are times that from the outside. I don't know that anybody would have ever thought. That I was struggling as much as I was. And. A lot of that is, in my world, when I, like, I'm not making an excuse that, because he was married, that gave him an excuse to, you know, feel like he could take his life, but the reality for me is that three of my kids do not have another parent, and so, I I mean, I'm going to be honest that that is what has kept me moving forward, and kept me from being in my bed, and kept me from... You know, kept me going to work every, a lot of days. And, you know, my kids don't have anybody else to take care of them. And if I don't motivate myself and do what I need to do, then they don't get taken care of. You know, or they go to foster care. Back to foster care. You know, they're in foster I don't know. They're adopted. But, you know what I mean? Like, there's... So... I think, but the thing is, like, if you were to look at my life and say, well, she gets up every day, she gets dressed, she goes to work, she takes care of her kids, her kids always look super cute and put together, and she looks like a troll, but whatever, um, you know, and she's a Christian, so Christians can't be depressed, they know God, and they have faith, and they, they trust to God, and it's just not reality, it's just not the truth, you know, our brains are what they are. If I, had a, uh, if I had diabetes, which is also an uh, imbalance of the hormone penicillin, no one would have any issue with that. And I wouldn't have any issue with speaking up about that in my church. I wouldn't have any issue with taking the medication in front of the people in my church. I wouldn't have any issue with you know, the pharmacy girl who goes to my church filling that medication. I would feel no shame or no, you know, judgment in filling a medication to help with the hormone level of my pancreas being regulated. So why is there any difference when it comes to the hormone levels in my brain needing regulated? So that I can function day in and day out. I've talked about this before, but I, I don't want to make it out like I'm a, a, a big, you know, I'm, I'm prescribed medications or that I'm a, I, I am an advocate for um, prescription intervention if, if it's helpful and if it, it's, if your doctor is monitoring you closely and working with you. In my situation, I am, my body does not, I can't, I can't take medication I, or I've yet to find a medication that is successful. I wish that I could. I wish that I could. Because I would love to not have the days that I have. Where depression feels so heavy that I can barely function. Yesterday, I, um, I took my babies to their babysitter. And as I was standing there in her living room... Um, I looked over and my one year old was had something in his mouth and was chewing on it and I went to which is a normal thing he has some oral fixation where basically anything and everything that he finds he puts in his mouth um and so I reached over and snatched it out of his hand and it was a prescription pill that he had picked up off of her coffee table and I lost my mind <laughs> um I went to my doctor's office to try to find out what it was. I went to the pharmacy to talk to a pharmacist to find out what it was. I was on the phone with poison control. Think that I sorted out what it was. He's fine. But from that situation, and this is what it, this is, if if you're wondering, like, I don't understand, I don't understand anxiety. I don't understand depression. I don't understand how people don't just get over it or move on or like, why is it so hard? Here's why from that, because of anxiety and depression in my life and, and struggling with it, you know, not every day on some level every day, but yesterday was, was worse. Um, from that situation yesterday morning, my thought process and thinking snowballed to the point that By the time I got my kids and got to dinner at my church in the evening, I was having a panic attack to the point that I could hardly breathe. And actually at one point looked at my son and told him that I thought I maybe was having a heart attack. But I don't get to just get up and leave. I don't get to just practice self-care because I'm having that emotion. My kids had to be fed. I had to feed my baby spaghetti. My kids had to get to their classes. Now, the, really, honestly, the only thing that kept me going through that dinner is that I knew once they were in their classes that I would get to be alone. You know, for about an hour. Because they have their class. And I did. And I prayed a lot. And I cried. And I prayed some more. Because what snowballed for me was. And what was hard for me. And this is kind of getting off topic. But what was hard for me was. I continue to feel the consequences of divorce in my life. And what I mean from that is. If I was still married to my first husband, my kids would not be in daycare. He was a pastor. I would more than likely not be working. My kids would be with me. Now, would I have those same kids that I have now? No. (laughs) I would likely not have a foster foster children. I likely would not live in Ohio. I obviously I wouldn't have my daughter. You know, so there's things like that. But for me, I was just fixated on this frustration and this anger of my life continues to be disrupted, and I continue to feel the consequence of my sin when it comes to divorce, and I'm I'm tired of it. And to know that my my baby, I have to walk out the door and my baby is in a a situation with a babysitter that I do not want him to be in. And yet I have no other options. And so he has to be there because I have to work because I have to take care of them. And if I would have stayed married and could have stayed married and would have not tried to take my life into my own hands and make my own decisions for my life instead of allowing God to guide me. You know, it's just that snowball. And so that's where throughout the entire day between that and that thought process and and work and then my kids and then getting it, I, you know, that's anxiety, that's depression. That's what, for me, that's what it feels like. And it takes a lot of effort and a lot of just exhausting mind, like to just, like my brain hurts, you know, like I just, to get through those moments and to get to a point where I can kind of recenter myself and think and pray and calm call myself and and oh and, you know get past it. So what I wanna what I'm saying again is that, you know, this pastor, this guy who took his life from the outside, now he was very vocal about struggling with depression and anxiety. So people who did know him closely or were a part of his church knew that about him. But for the from the outside, for someone who wasn't in his church or who was just an acquaintance. They wouldn't have known that. Um, by watching this video. You know. And seeing him at the ball field in particular. So, I just. I, I think the thing is. Is that. Be kind. To each other. Be compassionate. You know. Stay connected. Reach out to people. You know. Say things that are going to. Uh, you know. Be helpful. And not hurtful to people. And. Um, just Pray. Pray for your friends. Pray for your family members. Pray for people in your life that you care about. That God would protect their minds and protect their hearts. The other thing that um, I wanted to say is, I uh, his wife obviously wrote like a you know a pretty lengthy Instagram post. I think the day after he had died and. The one thing that she said, um, and like, I, I don't know. I get it. Like you're trying to say things that are going to be comforting, not only to yourself, but to people who read what you're writing. And, but the one thing that the, she said something in this post that I was like, oh no, 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 no. Like she doesn't get it. She still doesn't get it. She said something in this post to to the effect of um, he needed to be in the arms of Jesus more than he needed to be here on earth. And I was like, I just prayed in that moment that no one who was battling depression or battling suicidal thoughts in that moment would read That sentence, especially. I just felt I can't help it. I'm sorry. I actually just paused it a second ago because I kind of felt like I was gonna vomit. I don't know what's going on with me. I have a migraine. Not that anybody cares. I have a migraine. It makes me feel kind of sick. But trying to power through this here. Okay. Sorry for the burp. Um. And the reason that I'm saying that about, I hope that no one would read that sentence, especially not someone who was a Christian and was having, you know, fighting depression, fighting suicidal thoughts is because, oh man, in moments of my life where I have been in really, really, a really, really dark place and a really deep depression and really, really feeling like... I got to get out of here, having suicidal thoughts, having thoughts of end of my life, to have someone come to me or to read something that said, it's okay. Essentially, that's what it felt like to me, is that like she was saying, it's okay. He needed to be in the arms of Jesus more than he needed to be here. To me, if I would have read that in those moments, that would have 100% have felt like a justification for me to end my life because heck yeah I, I need to be in the arms of Jesus more than I need to be here and and that's why that must be why I feel this way is because Jesus needs me and I need to be with him more than I actually need to be here because if I needed to be here more than I need to be in the arms of Jesus then I wouldn't feel this way like I read that and I just thought man she just doesn't get it she just doesn't get, especially a Christian, especially someone with with children, like she just doesn't get how this one statement could be so devastating, because I saw it right away, and maybe my thinking is off, and maybe nobody else would would see it that way, but just from my own personal struggles, and from the, the places that I've been, I thought, Man, I just see that as a way as as a way that someone could read that and see that as a justification for taking their life and as like a okay, almost like it's God's will. You know, almost like, oh okay, it's God's will for me to take my life because obviously I need to be with Jesus. I need to be in the arms of Jesus. That's why I feel this way. And so it's okay. Man, it's just scary. Like, I I just don't, I don't, anyway, I don't like it. I didn't like it. I don't, obviously, I'm not going to, like, what am I going to do? Message her in her moment, like, her darkest, (laughs) most painful moment of her life? No. But I just thought, I just wish she wouldn't have wrote that. I just, I mean, everything else that she wrote was very heartfelt and good and just, you know, sad and awful. But that, I just wish that she wouldn't have wrote that because I could just, like I said, I could see somebody reading that and thinking, well, gosh, this guy was a pastor and this was the route that he took because he needed to be with Jesus and, you know, gosh, I'm a Christian and I want to be with Jesus and so, it you know, I guess this is the route. You know, I could just see that playing out like that because what you need to know is like, in depression and in anxiety, it's it's not always very rational. The thinking and the like the idea that we're like you know I've seen them say like you see this in movies and it's you're like No you idiot, that's not true. When you see people saying my kids will be better off without me. That's completely irrational. But that's what that's what the thinking is a lot of times in moments of depression and anxiety is this kind of irrational thought process that maybe doesn't make a lot of sense but you know that's just what it is so anyway that's that's kind of I don't want to get it I don't want to carry on too much about you know that that issue because I don't want it to seem like I'm like I don't want anybody to think that I'm like calling her out and here she's you know obviously a widow at a very young age with very young children and I, I cannot imagine her pain. I'm praying for her and her kids and her family. And, um, I do just wish she wouldn't have wrote that. And I, I do just want to say, <clears throat> here's my opinion on the, on the idea of suicide. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Here's what I do know. God created us for mm-hmm. a purpose. God created us for a reason. And I believe that that reason is to live our lives, to bring glory to him. So if our lives, if us being alive brings him glory, then I don't believe that it's within his, I don't believe that it's within his will or within what God would want for us to end our lives and thus ending the periods of our, the period of our life that we could be doing things to bring him glory. Um, Now, did God know that that man was going to walk away a few hours later and take his life? Obviously 100%. And even though it's hard to accept the fact that God knows when bad things are going to happen and allows them to happen, you know, that's, that's the, that's the truth of the sovereignty of God. But do I believe that, um, that was, that, that he needed to be in the arms of Jesus. And so that is a justification or that makes it okay, you know, or right for him to take his life. 100%. No, I don't, I don't believe that. And so, I just encourage you. I just encourage you. And I, I say this, obviously, honestly, to the patients that I see a lot. I say this to myself. I, um, I just encourage you, if you're listening and you have had, you know, issues or still have issues with depression, with anxiety. It's just to know that, you know, at least, especially, I say, in the Christian community, that you are not alone. Um, he, this um, pastor posted a tweet on Twitter that said, um, you know, I'm a Christian and I also battle depression and anxiety and, and that's, um, that's okay. Or, you know, that's, that can, that's a thing like that's, that can happen, you know? And, and so I just want to say the same thing. I am a Christian and I struggle with crippling anxiety and depression and that is a real thing. And it doesn't make me weak. It doesn't make me a bad Christian. It doesn't mean that I trust God any less than the next person or that I don't believe in God's strength and power and sovereignty over my life any less than the next person. It just is what it is. And it's just a diagnosis that I have. And it's just an it's just problems that I battle. And it's it just is what it is and it can be and, and 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 so in the christian community when where mental health is very taboo not discussed not addressed like it should be where a lot of times i've heard pastors who have implied that by having anxiety or having stress or having worry or being depressed that you are Uh, living, that it's a result of sin in your life, in the Christian community and in our Christian culture, where mental health is not discussed enough, where it's not addressed enough, where it's sometimes addressed in a very poor way, in a very uneducated way. I just want to be at least one voice to say, you're not alone. I'm here. I'm going through it with you, even if I don't know you. I'm here. Solidarity. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We are. Um, I'm going to speak. I'm always going to speak out. Speak out about this. I'm always going to talk about it because I know. For me, I don't know of anybody else in my community, my Christian community, who I can come alongside, who I know has these these same issues or these same problems, I don't know of anyone. And so I want to make sure that I'm speaking up so that if there's somebody else like me who says, I don't know anybody either. Well, now you do. Okay. Now I'm here. Call me, text me, message me, DM me, whatever you need to do, get in contact, reach out and, and, and no judgment ever on my end. Okay. And, and no questioning or no anything like I'm just here for support I'm here to just encourage you to know that you're here you're created for a reason for a purpose God's glory you're good and and that's what it is so I'm gonna get some work done I'm obviously very distracted um to leave you on a light note I just got a a message from my son's principal Letting me know that he got his first detention. Are you kidding me with this kid? He got his first detention for having his cell phone out. So then, uh... I obviously... I have an app on my phone that tells me... Um, everything I need to know about his cell phone usage. And, um... I had noticed that there had been some usage during the day, like during school hours. And so I had asked him, you know, what's going on? You're not allowed to be on your phone during the day. like And he said, oh, well, um, Mr. So-and-so lets us be on our phone um, when I'm in there with him as a teacher as aid if there's nothing for us to do. Okay, well, you know, as long as he knows and he's okay. So when I get this message, I responded back to the principal. I said, 100%, I'm supportive. Like, yes, he needs to be held accountable. But but I said, the only thing I wanted to point out to you is that he has told me that this teacher allows for him. And, you know, if the rules are going to be enforced to this degree, then they need to be enforced, like, consistently in the whole building all the time, whatever. Um, and he writes back to me and says, this particular teacher says that he has never given Charlie permission to be on his phone. I'm sorry, what? So, um, if you don't see my son around about over the next couple of weeks, it's because I've changed. I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he won't have a phone anymore. That's the end of the story. He no longer has a phone. Um, and so, Yeah. I'm disappointed I don't you know it's a, just an addiction it's a really it's an awful addiction i uh, I'm learning with him, and uh, this was a poor choice on my part for him to have a phone this young at all probably it's just not it's just it's just not something he's able to emotionally manage right now. so he will be on back on the flip phone, which is where he started and then you know maybe when he's twenty he'll be able to handle an actual smartphone. <laughs> So I'm just like cracking up. Good he got a detention, and I know he's going to be in a panic uh, to come home, and he should be because he's in a lot of trouble. But I got my first detention in middle school. Did I? No, I got my first detention in high school. I got in trouble in middle school a lot, but I don't think I ever got a detention. So it is what it is. He's a good kid. It's a mistake, and uh, but yeah, he'll be on he'll be on the flip phone. He'll be rocking the 1991 flip phone <laughs> if you see him. <laughs> Anyway, all right, reach out to me if you need to. It's dot me dot Sam dot podcast at Gmail dot com. You can find me on the same handle on Instagram and keep up with my weight loss accountability on my stories every morning. And uh, I'll talk to you the next time. Okay. All right. Bye.